This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. Today we're beginning chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. Earlier in the Gospels, the boys had asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Now his response is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, when in fact it should rather be called the Disciples' Prayer. This, chapter 17 of the Gospel of John, is more fitting for the title of the Lord's Prayer. In way of introduction of this chapter, I want to take pause, take a moment, and seek in our hearts and minds, and even in our imagination, of what it would be like to be there in the garden that night. So much information had been aired in the hearing of the apostles in such a short time, and no doubt they were bewildered and exhilarated, and no doubt a little frightened all at the same time. It was, though, perhaps they did not know it at the time. In fact, their last such evening together as a small spiritual body. These were their last hours together with Christ before the cross, before that historical event. Jesus had just completed what are called the table talks with his apostles. This extensive discussion was clearly geared towards preparing the boys for future events, the trials, the persecutions, the priorities of ministry, the coming of the Holy Spirit and the parameters of heavenly involvement after he would finish his calling and return then to the Father. So this would be a pinnacle moment of fellowship between these brethren. They had fought the battles together. They laughed, they cried, they ate, they traveled together. They were family now, a community of fellowship. That is why one day John would be able to pen those words that we read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, that says, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. Yes, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship, you see, is all about having and sharing something in common with someone we can kind of get into the mode of thinking that since we believe the same as someone else or maybe because we go to the same church as someone else that this is all there is to fellowship. Yet the height of fellowship is when we are together expressing our relationship with Jesus by praying, praying together, both ourselves and the other, being connected to Jesus at the same time. Jesus had been faithfully following his path of destiny now for approximately 33 years. He no doubt knew what he was doing. Jesus was not simply tripping down the road of life, letting the wind blow him along. Yet here he was in the final hour of his destiny, his calling and his purpose, and he stops to communicate with the general on what lay ahead. You see, gang, it's not enough to know where we are going. We must know how and when we are to go. We need to seek God's oversight and care for us every step of that journey. Otherwise, even with the best of intentions, even if we know where we're going, we can become the proverbial 
bull in a china shop. Christ's humility drove him to prayer. For the father you see was still calling the shots. He was still in charge every step of the way and Christ sought that intimate fellowship with the father and his plans. Let me ask you, when was the last time you checked your bearings? Or did you simply get your marching orders some years ago and have them bothered to humbly check in with home base lately? You know, to seek further instructional details. We have now come to what is commonly recognized as the inner sanctuary of the Gospels. In it, our Lord offers a prayer in which he gives an accounting to his Father of his life and of his ministry upon the earth, something, frankly, each and every one of us will one day have both the opportunity and the obligation to do so. He calls upon his Father to glorify him and intercedes on the behalf of this little company gathered about him, as well as those who would believe on them as a result of their ministry. You see, these men had the awesome privilege of listening to Jesus pray. Can you imagine? I wonder as we begin this passage again, if we grasp that because of this text, that we too now have been invited into that same inner sanctuary. All of what Jesus has said leads us to this passage. He speaks of his obedience to the Father and the revelation of God through the Son, the calling of his disciples out of the world, their mission, their call to unity, and their destiny. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 5 through 7 says, Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, You didn't desire sacrifice and offerings, but you prepared a body for me. You had no pleasure in whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. To do your will, O God. Please note, he came to do God's will. You know, we worship Christ for this fact. We live in thanks of that fact. All that we stand upon today is based on that fact, the fact that Jesus did the will of God. I wonder why, then. Why are we so quick to dismiss the importance of us doing the same? He lived to do the the will of the Father. But why do we not have to? Beginning in verse 1, we read, Jesus said these things, then lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, so he will give eternal life to all whom has you have given him. Again, he says, the time has come. The hour has come. Throughout his earthly ministry, men attempted to silence or even kill Jesus. And they failed repeatedly. And often Jesus referred to this fact. John 7 verses 5 through 6 says, For even his brothers didn't believe him. Jesus therefore said to them, My time has not yet come. 
And John 2, 3 through 4 says, When the wine ran out, Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with you and me? My hour has not yet come. John 7, verse 30 says, They sought therefore to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. And then John 12, 27 says, My soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this time, but I came to this time for this cause. So the time had not come until now. And now finally, the time had indeed come. Just as certainly as it will to its fullest manifest in the rapture of the church, as well as his second coming to be seated in rule over all the earth. People failed to grasp the reality of Jesus's time. We make the same mistake today as we blissfully skip through life embracing this world and living as if we'll never die. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.